Berachim Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night programs with a special guest. We have with us Rabbi Tovia Singer, all the way from Eretz from Israel. Baruch about Rabbi. Welcome. How you doing? Gvaldik, mamish Gvaldik. Great to be here with you. Great to have the rabbi on the, the program. Um, I remember so many years ago, the rabbi has been coming to our communities and inspiring the community and warning the communities of the dangers of missionaries, and that's our topic, being aware of missionaries, and uh, want to give a shout-out to your brother-in-law, Rabbi Baruch Bodenheim, for putting us together again uh, from Perseg, New Jersey. And uh, before we begin with the topic, if we could get the, a little bit of background about the rabbi, about Rabbi Singer. Yes, I've devoted my entire life to helping Jews who tragically have found themselves in the church um, helping them return back to the truth and the beauty of the Jewish faith, and even more importantly, to prevent other Jews from getting involved in these groups that are targeting Jews for conversion. It's a very, very serious problem. And I've done that for well over 40 years, and it's very exciting to welcome our people back from really the darkest place. So that, that's that's all I do. Amazing, Rabbi Toby, a singer. We know firsthand we've seen the tremendous success that the rabbi has had. And uh, the question is that, you know, unfortunately in our community, uh, there's a lot of missionary work. And a uh, missionary approaches an individual on the street or he knocks on the door. What's the right approach in such a situation? What should an individual do when such a scenario comes up, Rabbi? Well, I dream about that. That's like my fantasy. <laughs> I, that's like, that's fantastic. Look, it's it's really very simple. If you know how to speak to a Christian that's lost in the church and you understand Tanakh and understand their arguments, then you should engage with them. If you don't, then that's really not a good idea. You know, there are people who are attacking us on many fronts. Spiritually, these are evangelical Christians that are trying to convert us. There are people that are attacking us, God help us, physically. There are people who who assault our history. There are people out there who claim that events in our history never happened. Things as recently as the Holocaust, where all of European Jewry was destroyed. Now, I'll tell you a secret. If you speak to one of these guys who are Holocaust deniers and you don't know what you're doing, they'll start bringing stuff up that you're just thoroughly unprepared for. It wouldn't be a very satisfying encounter. So however you're going to stand up for your faith to protect your nation, your the connection of your people to God, and you just have to be very familiar with the topic. That's the only thing. If not, it wouldn't be a good idea to engage. I'm 100%. How about getting material in the mail or an email or things along those lines? What's the right approach for that? If you get stuff in the mail, I want to know about it. So I'm going to give you my email address. It's just my name, Tovia Singer, the number one at AOL.com. And that happens frequently. They send out, in Muncie, they send out Hebrew, Yiddish, New Testaments. Crazy thing. Muncie is a, a large Jewish community, and 
Rockland County, and they use the return address of the synagogue. Mind-blowing. Here in Israel, they go to nursing homes. They do the same thing in in New York in homes for the aged assisted living, and they have Hebrew Yiddish New Testaments. They want to – because the elderly, unfortunately, frequently are dying of loneliness, and they want a friend. And these missionaries are there to become their new family. So I want to know about it. So you trash it, but before you do, maybe send me a picture of it so I can see because I collect these things and I want to be able to show Jewish people, young men and women, about the dangers of these missionaries. So at times, if I haven't seen something like that yet, I want to display it for audiences because, the, you know, it, it – it costs five times as much to get a new customer as it does to keep an old one. So education has to be the answer, and I would like to show this material to audiences so they can see the techniques that missionaries use in order to convert Jews to Christianity. Oh, wow. So is the threat of missionary only to Christianity, or are there other religions uh, that are targeting the Jews? Right. So... Jews for Jesus and those sort of groups is the second greatest threat to the Jewish people spiritually. Uh, the number one threat to our people is not Jews for Jesus, but it's Jews for absolutely nothing. It's Jewish people whose faith is being assaulted by a secular uh, community that wants to just eradicate the connection of the Jew to the God of Israel. And that's a very grave danger. As it turns out, the antidote to both of those problems is education and knowledge of Torah, of the prophets of Israel. The success of Jews for nothing and the success of Jews for Jesus represents the unpaid bills of the Jewish people. I just want to speak to the viewer for a moment. Invest in your child's Jewish education. Don't leave it over in your will after you're 120. Invest now in your child's education. They should go to a Jewish camp. They should visit Eretz Israel. This will inoculate them against those who want to rob them of a relationship with the Almighty. Nothing more important. If you give your kid, I'm speaking, a, a 40 hours a week of secular education in public school and two hours a week in Hebrew school, you're going to pay a price for that. You're, th that imbalance has consequences. So make sure that you instill in those that you love a Jewish education. I want to speak to you who are grandparents, really. If you're worried about your grandchildren, tell your daughter. I, I want to speak to you, to you, my audience, who who is blessed with grandchildren. Tell your daughter – I will pay for my granddaughter's Jewish education. That's what you want to do. If you, if, if you get anything out of this, that's what you do. You want to invest in your family, invest in their Jewish education now, not leave it over 
after you're 120. So that's the most important thing, a Jewish education. The, the, the Jews for Jesus succeeds because we have, in a sense, failed the generation. And the people who are, who are joining these groups are doing so because they have, there's a lack of knowledge. They don't, they know nothing about the faith they're being asked to abandon. Unbelievable, and it's very, very sad, and it's very apropos to mention that Chazak's mission is to inspire, guide, and change the lives of all these public school students, whether it's with after-school programs, Sunday school programs, Hebrew schools, like the rabbi mentioned, but most importantly, upstairs where I am right now at our headquarters, we have a yeshiva placement division where we help guide parents, hold their hands throughout the process to transfer their children to Jewish day schools, to yeshiva. And today, Baruch Hashem, thank God, over 1,300 Kids have already been transferred just the last few, year, few years alone from public schools to yeshiva. We'll hold your hands. We'll guide you throughout the process. Many amazing yeshiva throughout the country that are working with Chazak and able to help your children be transferred, give them that Jewish education, and give them that pride, that pride of Judaism that is very, very much important, especially when we discuss these topics. Uh, so, Rabbi, you dedicate your life to anti-missionary work. Uh, is this type of work for everyone? Is this something you suggest and encourage, let's say, a guy that's, uh, you know, in yeshiva, a bacher, a, 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 a bentor, a student that's learning all day Torah? Is this something you suggest for others to get involved with as well? So let me say this. Um, there's nothing about my childhood or my upbringing that would ever, um, ever have sent a message to my family that I would be devoting my life to uh, helping Jews out of the church. I grew up in a very traditional home, learned to the mirror. My father, he should be well, is still Rosh Hashiva and Psaic, and he's a big, big Talmud Chacham. I'll say this. I didn't see a vision. I didn't, like, hear voices. But at a certain stage in my life, in my later teens, when I, after encountering missionaries that were targeting Jews, no, so I was with my father, my uncle, and we were in Manhattan. It was a Saturday night. I'll tell you this. It was a mighty Shabbos on Fifth Avenue, 47th Street in that area. It was a Saturday night. And there were missionaries, Jews for Jesus missionaries, on the street. Mamish in Midtown Manhattan, literally. And I was just so shocked. I was born 15 years after the Holocaust. When I was a kid, people all around me had numbers on their arm. It was ubiquitous. I knew what Christian Europe had done to my people. It destroyed the Europeans, destroyed European Jewry, wiped out completely. Hungarian Jewry, my family comes from, destroyed in the spring of 1944. I knew that there was something not good about this church and what it had done to my people. And that Jews should join this was mind-blowing to me. And I began to argue with these missionaries, and my, my family was there, and I saw them on the street in, streets of New York. And it was not a satisfying experience. It did not go well. It was just very frustrating. It, it's and I then went to Israel to visit my uncle and met the first missionary. And it took a lot of patience, but I knew 
I, look, I don't know, but I know that God put me on this earth to bring Jews out of the church. I, I don't know, but I'm I'm fairly certain. I certainly operate out of that certainty. If you feel so called that you feel a calling to do this, you devote your life to it. This is not something you can do part-time. I make information available because I've written a number of books on this. I have a, I have a very large YouTube channel where people could study with me and about this topic. And if you feel so called, halavai, that you can help Jews out of this darkest place, the church, and spread Tanakh, spread um, fundamental principles of our faith. So that's really exciting, I think. It's so sure, if you feel called to do that, just devote your life to it. You can't do this a little bit. This is not a side job. This is you, you devote everything to helping people who are lost in the church. Wow. So, so, so the rabbi is saying, uh, you know, devoted towards getting Jews out of the church, uh, away from Christianity or other religions. And the question is, you know, the work that we do at Chazak is Kira, which is basically we work very, very much and try to get those that are far and just bring them near. Uh, is that similar type of work as the rabbi or is that like a different line of work? It's the same thing. The only thing is I work in surgical oncology. I'm dealing with a cancer, and it's a cancer that's metastasizing. And I think this fits well with what we talked about earlier, that the the greatest threat to the greatest danger is heart disease in the United States. That's the number one killer, Right. Well, that's Jews for nothing, and that's what you're doing. That's what Chazak is doing. That's what you devote your life, and that is to addressing the most, the greatest threat, and that's Jews who could, God forbid, lose their connection with their people, with their, most importantly, their God. Cancer is the second greatest threat, and that's that's the oncology I do. So I I deal in a very specialized field of outreach work. But the beauty is that many people want to learn about Yeshayahu and they very, find this topic very, very interesting and very curious. Moreover, when I broadcast, people call in live. This is not typical. Normally Christians, Muslims, atheists, Jews, everybody calls into the show with questions. So you get to hear it live. I debate these Christians in live formats in all sorts of – in cities around the world. So people who might otherwise not be that curious about learning Isaiah might not uh, suddenly go, oh, I wanted to learn Sefer Yeshayahu. I know so many people around the world who are learning Sefer Yeshayahu with me because I teach it in Jerusalem because this whole thing is just very curious. So it's a, it's a specialty. It's a unique area. I find it not just satisfying. This is – my whole life is devoted um, to this work. Unbelievable, amazing. So, well, Rabbi just mentioned the topic of debates. Yeah, so this bringing me back to the times of the Rambam, <laughs> uh, that he had these debates. Uh, it's not so common where you see a rabbi on a forum. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, when did all this start? Uh, how's your experiences uh, in the past? Uh, if you could tell us a little more about it. Yeah, it's it's very important. You know, if we weren't under fire, if people weren't shooting at us, we wouldn't need an army like this. But the problem is that you have 
hundreds of organizations in the United States. These are all fundamentalist evangelical Christians. They're not liberal Catholics. It's not like the Church of England, like they they have a new king. and Not those guys. I'm talking about these are fundamentalist Christians, and therefore they're bringing, leveling very serious charges against the Jewish faith. Now, if you know what you're doing, you can expose these lies in a second. Because what the church is doing, what these missionaries do, is they're altering Tanakh, they're playing with our holy scriptures, our holy Torah, they're changing it in order to make it appear Christological. And it's vital that I expose these lies, these misrepresentations of the Jewish faith, and fairly frequently I will stand up with the Jews for Jesus on the stage, I've done it in New York and I've done it in Israel, done it all over the world, uh, where I will I'll do it on television, on Christian television. I, I don't care where. I, there's a fire, and I need to put the fire out, right? And when the building's on fire, you get, you'll use the, you know, the fire hose, you use the ladder, you use whatever it takes to put that fire out. Our people are under attack on every level. It's not just a Purim attack. We're physically in danger. Hashem should watch over us, but there's a spiritual assault against our people. And strangely, this assault against the Jewish faith is coming from the Christians who are the most pro-Israel. It's a very strange intersection here. And it's vital that I expose their arguments, demonstrate how to respond. And as it turns out, when I'm on the streets of Jerusalem, or New York, and a missionary encounters me, and I have a film crew around me, or I have a camera on me, I'm going to film it, because and then put it up on YouTube, so people could watch how to speak to these missionaries. And what is very important is, I'll tell you a little thing about, you just have to be a very easygoing person. That's the thing that's really very important. You have to be very chill, just in general, to do any kind of outreach. You have to be like a an easygoing, chilled person. If not, you'll get <laughs> get too upset, really. And it, it, you don't want to do that. So I feel very sorry for these Jews in the church. Why? I was fortunate enough to have a, a fabulous education. My parents made – they don't. These young – Men and women know nothing about their faith. They weren't, they don't understand Hebrew. They're reading translations that are completely corrupted. So I feel bad for them. I know they're coming from a good place and they have been misguided. And that's why I do the debates. That's why I record the interactions I have with Christians calling in. That's why I want to make sure this is all available. When I began doing this in the late 1970s, There was no YouTube, let alone any video or book I can read. There was no information. I had to unpack all this myself back then. Now I want this information accessible to anyone. Wow, unbelievable. Uh, What success story or individual or situation uh, sticks out most with your career of uh, bringing Jews back? If if there would be uh, one A phone call from mother hysterically crying. She just found a Christian Bible underneath her daughter's mattress. You can only imagine what kind of confrontation this might have been when 
this girl's mother finds a New Testament. What? So the the mother is calling me crying hysterically. What do I do? And I explained to her that this is before internet, no Zoom. So a meeting was arranged in their home in Great Neck, New York. You heard of Great Neck? It's not too far Exit, exit thirty three. I was I wasn't familiar with it at the time, and it was like the fanciest neighborhood I'd ever seen in my life. There were houses there that had its own zip code. I was impressed. I come to the house and I sit down across the table from Elizabeth and she tells me her story. She went to Boston University. Her roommate was a a born-again Christian who knew that she was Jewish and gave her a Christian Bible as a gift. She told me I didn't want it because it felt uncomfortable, but she's now going to be dorming with this girl. She wanted to get along with her. She took it, thanked her, put it aside. She's not interested. The only reason she went to BU was her boyfriend was at BU in the medical school. That's why she went there. A couple of weeks into the semester, her boyfriend, she claims, out of nowhere breaks up with her. She said that when he did that to me, it's like the lights went out in my life. It's like my light, every dream I had was completely bound up in him. When he, she runs back into her room and she just is crying in bed, just crying. Her life is over. And as she's laying in bed crying, feeling so sorry for herself, she remembered that Christian Bible that her roommate had given her at the beginning of the semester. And she said to me, Rabbi, you know what? What do I have to lose? And she said that I began, I just opened it and I began to read it. And I came upon a passage in the Christian Bible, she said, that was so beautiful, that was so moving, that was so touching, it was so dramatic that she knew that this New Testament had to be the Word of God. And I was very curious because I thought I'd read through it a few times. I couldn't. So I asked, like, what? So she said, Rabbi, I'll be glad to read it to you. She took the Bible, her Christian Bible. She opened up to the book of Mark, and she begins to read to me this verse that had so dramatically changed her life. She starts to read it to me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. So I, she became aware very quickly that she didn't know. This child of Hashem, this daughter of Israel, didn't know that these precious words were taken from the Torah. These are the first words that a Jew says on his lips, a little boy. And when a person is 120, the last thing a person says is these holy words. She didn't know that. She didn't know her own Bible. Is there anything true in the Christian Bible? Of course there is. But anything true in the New Testament isn't new. And anything new in the New Testament isn't true. Powerful line. (laughs) It's very simple. It's really that simple. All Bibles plagiarize Judaism. 
my friends, listen very carefully. All these supposed holy books all copy and paste from our holy Tanakh. It's predicted in Deuteronomy, the same holy book, tells us in chapter 4, all the nations will be marveled by the wisdom of our Torah. And here we are, well over half the planet believes that our Torah is the word of God. They're not crazy about us. We're not the most popular people in the world. But three and a half billion people believe that the Torah is the word of Hashem. It's mind-blowing. This girl, the next week, was on an LL flight, and she went was in a yeshiva in in Harnof, very famous yeshiva, and she was learning there. Now she's doing very, very well, mother, and a very six, beautiful. So that's what happens. She nebuch this child of this child of Hashem, this child of God, didn't know her own Bible, didn't know her own holy Torah, and it's true. If you know nothing about the faith, you're going to be asked to abandon. Then missionaries will have a field day with you. I want to talk to you. When your kids go off to college, what's going to be under threat is not so much that someone will take their laptop, their cell phone, their credit card. It's your soul is going to be under attack. Your relationship with God is going to be attacked in ways that you can't imagine on a university campus, not just from missionaries but from professors in every way. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to f- – I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to feel lost. Your your professor in certain – will attack your faith and your scripture. If you don't know what you're doing, plus you, don't, you want to get an A, especially in the humanities – so just know that. Know your Tanakh. If you have a personal relationship with God and you understand the truth and the beauty of the Jewish faith, no missionary will ever be able to rob you of a relationship with the Creator, with the Holy One, blessed be His holy name. Wow, what a powerful, powerful story. Very, very inspiring, very uplifting. Uh, Rabbi, there's so many beauties of the Torah. Uh, you know, uh, there's so many of them, but if uh, a few more lines that, or 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 pieces of the Torah, or or sections of the Torah, or things that you've given over to others that are on your favorite list that you could share with our audience, you know, uh, whatever it may be that comes to mind, if you could share uh, with us, Rabbi Singer. Sure, sure. The you know the Torah is an unusual book, and the Torah tells us in Deuteronomy chapter thirty that. I have a gift for you, and that's free will. In fact, don't even think that the Torah is too far off, that it's too difficult. I gave you free will as a gift. Choose life that you can live. As it turns out, these passages are very problematic for the church, and the New Testament actually changes those passages when the Torah says, and you can do it. And, you know, there's something that's fascinating about living in a time where science is making there's so many discoveries in modern science and what neuroscientists have found out is that in reality just based on the material world free will is really illusory you know, there's it's all been all your decision you can ever make is all baked into the genetics it's all hard and as it turns out we 
the, the, God says, look, I'm giving you the gift of free will. I, I give you the choice of life. What do I want? I want a personal relationship with you. Those are the two things Hashem wants. He wants to be close to you. He loves you very much. You're creating the image of God. Not just Jews. Jews and Gentiles. Every person is creating the image of God. Just a Jew has a role to be a light to the nations. And I want you to be faithful to me. I want a relationship with you. I don't want no one between us. No intermediaries. No Jesus, no Mary, no Saint, nothing. I want to talk to you. I love you very much. I know it seems inconceivable, but I... I, I care about you. I'm watching over you, and I love you more than you can ever love yourself. And that's the message of the Torah. It's problematic for other religions, namely Christianity. But we're not permitted to allow anything between ourselves and God. And that's what Hashem calls us to do. He says, you know, we Isaiah 55 we read this on a fast day. Seek the Lord when you find him. People are afraid to repent or have a relationship because they feel like God's like, he'll never forgive me. I've made mistakes in my life. So Isaiah has a, a message for you. Listen very carefully. Christianity is man's failed attempt to create God in his image. Judaism, the faith of God, is the Almighty's successful endeavor in creating man in his image. Remember that. We're creating the image of Hashem. We don't create somebody in the image of who we think God would look like with beautiful hair. And even though you may feel at those moments you don't like yourself too much that God will never forgive me, Hashem says, my ways are higher than your ways and I will forgive you. Come back to me and I'll come back to you. That's the message of Tanakh. Christianity, Lahavdul, is successful because it affirms low self-esteem and says you are a sinner and you can't save yourself, which is an idea that's completely hostile, that is opposed by the prophets of Israel. So that, that's the message. Baruch Hu loves you. You're creating his image. He wants to be close to you. And even at times when you look in the mirror and you don't see somebody attractive, Hashem thinks you're adorable inside, outside, he created you and just wants to be close to you. That's the message of Tanakh. Rabbi Singh, if there would be one individual that it was your role model, your go-to person, a person that you looked up to, who would it be? Oh, so that's easy. So in the 1970s, that was a difficult time for American jury. It was a difficult time for everyone. It was the hippie days. It was a time of Watergate. It was all of Vietnam, everything. But there was a, really the Godel Hadar. His name was Rabbi Avigdor Miller. So I, this is what it was. So he, I learned in the mirror. And so the mirror yeshiva was, I, I think it was Avenue R and Ocean Parkway. So just one block up Ocean Parkway was Ravigdor Miller's shul, where he gave shurim. And frankly, his ability to communicate, and he was an American, so he knew how to speak to American boys. Many of our teachers at the time were survivors, Europeans, but he had an encyclopedic knowledge 
of kol atayikul. He knew everything there was to know. And his ability to take a complex topic and reduce it down in a way that anyone could understand it, his love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, his love for Torah, was something so delectable that it would just blow my mind away. And the shul, there were nights where he would just take – he would give a shir and he would take questions. He would teach Torah and take questions from anybody. There were Jews there who clearly – who were not that observant to Jews who were Hasidic Jews. Everyone was there. And he was able to speak to everyone. And it really, that was the figure that told me that there's a way to speak to people and convey the truth and the beauty of the Jewish faith. And again, his knowledge, his encyclopedic knowledge, and his also his command of the English language, his ability to communicate with anyone and was really brilliant, and that was without question. That was a that was a completely that was a tectonic shift for me. It was Rabbi Avigdor Miller, of blessed memory, great man. We had this good the merit of having a Torah talk with his grandson, and uh, yeah, a very 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 big topic. And uh, okay, we have a custom of minhag uh, Torah talks. Our podcast is uh, one final message. Uh, if we could, uh, you know, we've heard so many uh, gems, inspiration. What would that be, Rabbi Singer? What would that be? Uh, choose to be chosen. You, you know what a, an amazing uh, gift it is to be to living in our time where we're living really in it. We can hear the footsteps of the Messiah. You know, I live in Jerusalem. I'm very, very fortunate. Yishlayim was given back to us after thousands of years. We're living in a remarkable time when they're literally breaking down the doors to convert to Judaism and become B'nai Noach, which is a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1, that one of the things that will mark the final redemption is the return of the Jewish people to the land, Yerushalayim, and the people will want to join the Jewish people. We haven't lived in a time like this really in thousands of years. Yeah, we see it also. It's amazing. Yeah. So. I'm sure the rabbi also <laughs> gets a lot of those requests to convert to Judaism. You can't get into programs today. And this is – I just want to illustrate to you how counterintuitive this is. It logically, logically – People should consider us radioactive. 80 years ago, Jews were being slaughtered around the world. If non-Jews had any brains, they would stay as far away from us as possible because we are – the Jews somehow are on the front page of major newspapers around the world. And, and so why – people should stay away from us. Yet the whole world is fascinated with the Jews. Now, this is all prophesied in the Hebrew Scriptures. And what's happening is that people are discovering the beauty of the Jewish faith. And I'll tell you something crazy. Very often our enemies come against us and it looks like a curse, but it's really a blessing. In truth, the, in truth, this, this will sound crazy. There's probably no organization out there that's more responsible for non-Jews converting to Judaism. Now, I'm not trying to accomplish that. But it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon that's going on now. There's probably no organization that's more responsible for this than Jews for Jesus. Because what these missionaries do is they assault 
the Jewish faith, and their missionaries are then taught how to speak to a Jew about Judaism, how to infiltrate, and then they start learning about Judaism, and they go, wait, one second, let me learn more, and then they study more, and they're going, you know what? I now know that the Jewish faith is the faith that God had ordained and given to us, and that's happening around us in ways that I mean, it's not that no one ever converted to Judaism 100 years ago. It was just very unusual. Today, the synagogue rabbis don't even know what to do with it. So we're living in a very special time. We're very fortunate. Times of Mashiach. Yeah. Amazing. So that's the final message, Rabbi Toby Singer. That we yeah. should be proud of our Judaism. We should be uh, going... So I, I want to just do one other thing. I want to illustrate a point that I think is very valuable. Almost every other religion in the world, in their holy book, they're obsessed with heaven and hell, right? If you go to the Christian Bible, just you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in it, and you go to heaven if you do believe in it. And it's true in all of them. In Hinduism, it's all recycled. You just keep coming back. If you notice something very striking, and that is in Tanakh, there's very, very rare mention of what happens after you die. It's almost unheard of. There are, if you really know Tanakh well, you'll know the few passages that are there about the resurrection. It's there. It's never a threat. And the question is why? So the, we have famous Daniel 12, Isaiah 26. There are very few passages. We have one passage in Deuteronomy 32, which speaks about God who who brings to life those who are dead. It's one, it's not even a threat. So why, why is the Torah doesn't have this threat in it? And, and the reason why this is valid is that people are really scared of what happens after you die. I mean, it really works. It's very effective. But when you go to the Torah, like, the, the God just never is threatening with heaven and hell or any of those things. There's a mention that there is in the afterlife. There is a, I mentioned there is the resurrection of the dead, but it's not in the context of a threat. And, and this tells you a lot about the author. Because if you're God, why would you have to threaten someone about what happens after you die, which is unfalsifiable? You can't test it, right? If you're really God, this is what you would do. If you're God, you'd say, okay, I want you to live your life this way. And if you don't, it's going to stop raining, <laughs> and when it stops raining, your food's not going to grow, and then you're going to turn back to me. Well, if you're not God, you better not put that in your Bible, right? There's nowhere in the New Testament that says, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, it's going to stop raining. Why? Because the, the authors of the Christian Bible had no control over the weather. They had no control over history. But the Navi, the prophets could say, hey, you're going to go into exile, You'll be there for 70 years, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. And then I'm going to bring you back, and I'll restore you to Jerusalem. And I'll bring you back to Jerusalem after 2,300 years, Daniel chapter 8, verse 14. So I, I want to say something that's a little counterintuitive. It is no question, just like on a pack of cigarettes that says, don't smoke, it'll kill you. The, the government makes these tobacco companies put that there, right? And it is disconcerting. So there's no question Torah says, look, this is the way I want you to live your life. But the author never threatens something that you can't test. Why? Don't need to. It's silly. What are you going to do with – you're going to go to hell, heaven? What are you like – it's too – once you die, it's too late to figure this out. So the Torah's method of saying – a warning of saying it won't rain, it will, 
that tells you about who the author is. He doesn't need to – the God of Israel doesn't need to come up with these sort of things. So that's very telling about the uniqueness of the Torah, which is very, very different than any of the so-called holy book. Amazing. 100% Rabbi W. Singer, what an inspiration. Baruch Hashem, Chaz Hashem. Thank God we're very, very, very uh, lucky. Chaz Hashem, thank God we have the, the Torah, the Holy Torah. And we want to thank you for all that you do for Kali Yisrael, the Jewish people, and spreading the truth and Torah. And we give a blessing that you continue spreading the light until Mashiach comes. That the Shem should be very, very soon. We want to thank our audience. We want to remind you every single Tuesday night, Chazak Torah Talks with special guests. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, chazak.org slash live, chazaq.org slash live. A special thank you to all the platforms that are holding onto our amazing Chazak Torah Talks podcast. Special thank you to Torah Anytime. Special thank you to Daily Giving a Dollar. They are very, very far away. Special thanks to the entire Chazak team over here. Amazing dedicated staff spreading the light far and wide. I want to thank you once again, Rabbi Singer, for all that you do. Thank you so much for having me on. Agdo Torah, amazing.